coming to you live from Arlington, Virginia, smack dab in the middle of the Clarendon and Virginia Square Metro stations. Doors open. Step back to allow customers to exit. When boarding, please move to the center of the car. This is a blue line train to the Chris Dugay Show. Welcome back to episode four. I am your hostess with the mostest, Chris Dugay. And welcome back to the DMV's number one independent podcast, where we talk about all things DMV nightlife. That includes the entire state of Maryland, the entire scope of of DC and the entire state of Virginia. I do recommend that you listen to all of these episodes chronologically. However, if you're just tuning into this one, that's no sweat. Um, I'm a military veteran. I did four years in the Navy. And uh, when I got out, I lost a sense of identity. I missed camaraderie. And I missed being part of a team so badly that I would literally do anything to get that back, to get that feeling back. That's right. I pledged a fraternity. As old as I, as old as I was, I didn't care. Which brings me to my next talking point. Silly stories about my life. Now, because this story is so precious to me, I'm going to need a motley crew to help me tell it. All my Chris Dugay Show listeners, aka the Doogie Woogies, allow me to introduce you to one of the greatest human beings alive. Ladies and gentlemen, a man of exquisite taste and one who needs no introduction, but I will give him one anyway. My former marshal and one of my best friends, Zach. Zach, it has been ages. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to be here. All right. It's sucking that day. This is my first podcast. I've never done one before. I'm a little nervous. It's okay, it's okay man. Just it's just chill. We're, we're having a conversation, man. I mean, we're not. It's all right. I'm here with I'm here with my buds. Got a couple crispy boys in hand. I think I'll be all right. Hey, that's the spirit, my man. Hey, for the Doogie Woogies listening, um, can you please uh, tell everyone who is to your right? To my right is the beer girl. Her name is Chance. <laughs> awesome. To all the Doogie Woogies out there. Chance is a beautiful-looking man. It's as if uh, Ryan Gosling and um, Bradley Cooper had a love child and spit this fucker out. Beautiful man. Definitely Bachelor in Paradise type of material here. He, uh, he's absolutely beautiful. Um, but enough about Chance. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to pledge a fraternity at 25 years old. <laughs> it's badass. What were what were some of your uh, pre- prejudices, I guess, when you initially met me? And uh, thank you for patronizing me, brother. Um, Zach, what were some of your uh, prejudices or your initial thoughts uh, when you first met me? Well, initially, upon seeing a 25-year-old man and finding out you're a Navy veteran and decided you wanted to spend your time pledging a fraternity, I was a little skeptical. I was more or less, I'm going to break your rule here with the F word. I'm going to go ahead and break it now. I was saying, uh, you know, what the fuck? Um, doesn't this guy have anything better to do with his time than sit around with a bunch of 18-year-olds just buying them beer and shit? Buying them beer and shit. That was my initial uh, reaction to seeing you. So you're like, what the fuck is this guy's agenda? Like, what is... Yeah, that? I was like, what, what? what's the end game here? That and you dressed like a fucking idiot, too. <laughs> but, 
for the listeners, can you tell them how I dressed, please? Yeah, I remember we were at a tailgate, and Chris <laughs> pissed me off, and he, I looked at him. I, he pissed me off just because of the way he looked, because he was wearing a like a red tank top, ripped American Eagle jeans with flip-flops. It was like the 1990s jeans that like go past your fucking heels. So you're just like walking on your own jeans. And... <laughs> Had them Jinko jeans on, baby. <laughs> like a fitted hat. <laughs> oh my God, yes. A new era, like 5950 hat, right? Yeah, it was like a 5950 Nationals hat. <laughs> okay. I do remember that, man. That was at uh, Josiah's house. Uh, he he wasn't the president uh, president at the time, was he? No, it was Wild Bill. Oh yes, that's right. Um, uh, he and he was your big brother, right? Absolutely oh, not. Fuck. <laughs> it was I'm Zooey. The, I'm the, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yo, where, where the hell is Charlie? I don't know. I can check find my friends real quick. Ah, no sweat. He's probably uh, fucking around at Tories. He sh- he should be over here shortly. Well, hey, so it's uh, it's been a minute since we graduated. Um, Zach, you want to give the listeners uh, an update about uh, what you're doing for work? Well, right now, I'm what you call a uh, title examiner. I don't really feel like explaining what that is, so we'll just call it a paralegal. Gotcha. Um, and I graduated also around two years ago in May of 2016 that's with right. you. Oh, that's right. We did graduate together. Yeah. You don't remember? Yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember. It was, uh, God, it was... I was hammered. It was you, me, uh, Connor, <clears throat> No. Right? No Connor. Oh, did he graduate before us? Yes. Okay. Chance did. That's the beer, right. Chance the beer girl. Right. Chance right. the beer girl. Yeah. Over there. That's right, man. Holy shit. Dude, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it fucking sucks. So I remember the first time I uh, I met the both of you. It was at a uh, the first Theta Chi Rush event of the fall semester. Um, it was at that um, house off of Hampton Boulevard. It was the White House um, with the Theta Chi flag um, in the front yard that on that flagpole. Um, do you, you guys remember uh, which one I'm talking about? Uh, Ivan's house. Yeah, okay, um, okay. it was like fucking. Keith Edelstein. Or- yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, he lived there, too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, I remember uh, initially reaching out to uh, Mike, uh, Mikey Collins. Um, he was the uh, recruitment chair at the time, and uh, just just the absolute nicest guy, man. Um, I don't think he knew that I was 25, but uh, he was like, yeah, man, we're, uh, we're having a rush event. Uh, come on through. We're having uh, steak and cigar night, and uh, you should uh, come uh, check out the squad. Uh, hang on a second. I think that's Charlie. Oh. Yeah, guys, he's going to be late. Damn it. Coward. It's whatever. He's uh, he's on Nova time, which is uh, you just show up whenever you want and uh, blame it on traffic. But uh, hey, Zach, uh, for the uh, Doogie Woogies uh, tuning in, um, let's talk a little bit about your hobbies and uh, uh, what you're interested in. I'm, I'm sure things have uh, changed significantly now that you've been uh, out of school for uh, uh, a few years now. Oh, my hobbies. Well, I got many hobbies, Chris. Many. The first of which I would go ahead and say is my favorite is shitting. Awesome. I've, uh, there's, nothing more I, <laughs> there's nothing more I look forward to than taking a good shit. Okay. Amen. Uh, now, are you like a squatty potty type of guy? Uh, yes. You, you well, the thing up. is, yeah. I wasn't always a squatty potty guy. Okay. I was a little skeptical to use it, switching up, you know, from what I usually do is just feet flat on the floor. Gotcha. And I've... Charlie, who isn't here because he's a coward, um, he would use a squatty potty and told me of all the benefits, how it's supposed to naturally mimic how humans are supposed to take a crud. And um, I was always skeptical about it, getting my feet up. You know what I mean? It's just like unnatural for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a real game changer. It cuts the, I would say it cuts the crud time in half. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I completely concur. And and so many people talk shit about it, pun intended. Uh. (laughs) Which I don't, I don't seem to understand because I, I feel like it slides right out of you. Um, you know, there's very little effort in the uh, in the pushing aspect. Absolutely, I can agree with that. It it yeah. it's it like the wiping is much better. You yeah. save money on toilet paper. Yeah, you, you save, save money on toilet paper. That's yeah. a good point. Charlie. I'm looking at this from an economic perspective. Yeah. You know, it could, sure, it's cool shitting with your feet up, but you know, I'm saving money while I'm doing it. Every time, every turd that falls out of my ass, I see. Dollar signs. 
Yes, that is music to my ears, brother. So, other than shitting, what else do you like to do, Zach? <laughs> I like watching um, Alex Jones videos. Okay. okay. Um, 20 years ago, they had cows that produced human milk. 20 years ago, they had spiders that produced body armor, spider goats, okay? They have human-animal hybrids 30 years ago. They've got giant human tissue farms. And that's where you lose me. Bullshit! Alex Jones conspiracy videos, uh, drinking crispy boys, which are beers. Um, I, I would go ahead and say that's about it. Okay, cool, man. Cool, cool. Are you, uh, you, you talking to anyone lately? You, you, you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Or... <laughs> no, but um, see, I also used to live up in... Um... God damn it. Hang on a second, man. It's, uh, it's Charlie. Uh, hello? Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah sorry. I'm at, I'm at a bar right now, so, uh... Where the fuck are you at, man? Hey, sorry, dude. I'm on my way. I got held up, but I'll be there in just a second. Awesome, man. Well, hurry up and get here, dude. I'm on my way. Okay. All right, bye. What the fuck, dude? Okay. Yeah, crazy. All right, we're... I'm sorry. Where, where were we? We were talking about if... My, if I'm having any, you know, some sort of affair or anything. Or... Oh, yeah, man. Okay, hold on a second. Are we still recording? What the fuck? Better be. Oh, we're still, we're still on. Cool. Still... still working. Awesome. Coming in great. Awesome. So, uh, Zach, uh, are you you got a girl in your life or a, or a man? Are you talking to anybody? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Do you prefer to be single or just be a lone wolf? Or... Let's go with the flow, brother. Gotcha, gotcha. So, it's it's basically whoever you meet at the bar that night, right? It's, it's usually who I... Who on Bumble or Hinge or something, thinks my pickup lines are funny and is okay with meeting a random guy out. Okay, so is there a is there a dating app that you prefer uh, one over the other or have a higher success rate on or? Well, I've pretty much hit on all of them, which is awesome. Awesome, man. So, so it's been one of each. Okay, cool. So I would say all three of them are my favorite. So in terms of success rate, it's all pretty much uh, equal across the board, right? Well, I've struck out many a time on uh, every single one of them, but that's no one else's fault but mine for me saying, you know, I'm probably not going to say what I say to the girls on here because I don't want people to think I'm a complete and total fucking moron, but let's just say if, if I were a girl, I would I would not respond back to some of the things I've said. Oh my God. Um, well, hey, um, you know what? Let's take a quick commercial break. Um, I gotta take a piss, um, and I know you do too. This, you're you're down in these beers like like water. Um, so let's quit. Uh, take a quick uh, bathroom and uh, commercial break. So um, let's uh, do it to it. Coming up on episode five of the Chris Dugay Show, Jessica Jones is back, and she's giving her review of the Fab Fit Fun Box as well as the Virginia Wine Expo that all of us went to uh, in Richmond a few weeks ago. Um, I'll also be having Mitchell Larson on the podcast as well. He's a former Navy comrade of mine, and he is now um, exclusively on the civilian side as a legitimate firefighter uh, up in uh, Seattle, Washington. And uh, I'd play you a snippet of that, but I've literally lost all of the audio, and we have to re-record the entire conversation. Um, I'll also be interviewing Scott Parker, the king of Arlington nightlife, who owns Don Tito's uh, Bearded Goat Barbershop, uh, as well as The Goat, or the greatest of all time, uh, smack dab in the heart of Arlington, that is Clarendon. Uh, so stay tuned, and uh, please subscribe and rate and review. Only on Apple Podcasts. Realistically, there's nothing wrong with the guy. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't think he finished out at ODU. He went to no, he started a chapter at Shippensburg. Gotcha, gotcha. Remember the fuck that is. Right. <laughs> um, so hey, uh, uh, Zach, um, you had, we had two veterans in our pledge class. Uh, myself being one, uh, a Navy veteran, and then we had uh, Steve, uh, who was a uh, Marine Corps reservist. Um, if I'm uh, not mistaken, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was in the Marine Corps Reserves. I don't think he was active duty, um, if I recall. I think so. I thought he was active duty, which intimid it, it intimidated me. Mm -hmm. 
because he was like, I was like, oh fuck, this guy like kills people for a living. Yeah, yeah. What's he gonna do? Listen to like this twenty year old. So and then, it, then there was you. He was a veteran, and I was like, "Oh well, he's probably not going to fucking listen to me either." And, and of course, Charlie went to VMI, so I was like, "Well, he's probably already been through most of this shit." So, because you had three um, pledges from a military background, um, as a marshal, did you feel like you had to turn up the heat uh, because of this? I wouldn't say that. I'd, I'd say I turned up the heat more or less because of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I, I hated you. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So other than the way I look looked, um, what sparked that, man? Well, I can talk about this because it's public knowledge. You're just, it's usually for any fraternity. I'm assuming you have to learn their creed or something along the lines of that, which is usually pretty easy. Ours is like three paragraphs, and they're not long paragraphs. And I would like give you a quiz each week on like all the public knowledge and shit. And for whatever reason, you just couldn't get down the creed, which to me, a 25-year-old Navy veteran probably should be able to get something that easy down and is like each and every week it would just actually get progressively worse and worse <laughs> so I'd, I'd talk to like my assistant marshal was like dude what the f-? I was like what the fuck is wrong with this guy he's like i think he's like <laughs> yeah right, beer girl said it yeah <laughs> i think he's fucking navy boats he's so fucking stupid it just made no sense to me <laughs> so I, I didn't think that's what uh, set you off. I thought it was because I poured um, champagne on your head. Like Dan Weber, I remember he came up to me and it was like, if you want to be in this fraternity, you're going to shake up this bottle of champagne and dump it all over your marshal. That was actually earlier when we were talking about what you were wearing. That was the same day. That was the same day. Yeah, so I was already pissed off at you because of the way you looked and then you poured a bottle of champagne on my head. Bro, I am so sorry. I was I, honestly, man. At that point, I was like willing to do whatever uh, it took to uh, to join the uh, fraternity and get back into your good graces. Yeah, that was pretty wild. You actually, we actually uh, voted you out because you were so. F- and then, I guess Wild Bill had a change. Of, Wild Bill had a change of heart, and we decided to keep you, which turned out for the best because Chris, you're the man. God, I'm so sorry. I love you, man. I love the shit out of you. I love you too. <laughs> So for the Doogie Woogies, are there any other stories that come uh, top of mind uh, about me? Um, the One of the funnier things you did was, is I was always so fucking pissed off at you. You and the rest of your pledge class one day came into your meeting and you did that apology by singing. You got everyone like in the background singing hallelujah over and over again. And you gave some like epic like movie style speech and it, I tried very hard not to laugh. It was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Because I'm supposed to be a hard ass, but you fucking broke that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a hard ass. So, uh, Zach, for the uh, Doogie Woogies here, um, who was your marshal? His name was AJ, bro. AJ. <laughs> yeah, AJ. Fucking typical AJ, bro. Love that dude. Now, uh, he's actually relatively famous, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was on um broke-ass game show for MTV, and he had to, like, make out with a mannequin in, like, some Italian restaurant for money. Nice, nice. Now, he's still uh, living up on the Upper East Side um, in New York with his uh, fiance Imani. Is that, is that right? Uh, there's there's something else I would love to call that city, but I'm going to refrain from doing it. But yeah, he's still in New York. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we are Southern gentlemen here on this podcast. But uh, if you want to talk shit about the Yankees, then be my guest. We can edit that stuff out. I forgot you can edit. Fuck shit, cock balls. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a gentleman here, Chance, okay? I'm trying to like appease my my Maryland and, and DC listeners as well, man. It can't be all about Virginia, right? And and have you have you noticed that the the I feel like the the South um you know keeps getting 
where, where people consider the South keeps going down lower and lower, right? It's not like typical Dixieland anymore. I feel like even parts of Virginia aren't really even considered the South anymore, like especially Nova. Um, I feel like what? Like as soon as you cross 81, then you're in the South or is it Richmond? I, I don't know, man. That's I guess that's up for debate. I don't know, man. But uh, hey, I, I am totally uh, derailing this conversation here. Um, let's kind of uh, circle back. Uh, Zach, wanted to talk to you a little bit about Big Brother Night. Um, can you talk about your big brother um, and just kind of set the expectation uh, about Big Brother Night, what it's supposed to be about, um, and uh, kind of your whole take on it? Um. Well, I only remember about like 30 minutes of my Big Brother night. I woke up on a couch and got a ride back with my roommate, Shane Dog, who was also pledging with me from his parents. And I was still rip shit hammered and telling his parents about how Shane was doing Adderall and stuff. Covered in your own shit. Yeah, covered in, covered in his own shit. Uh, <laughs> he was not covered in his own shit. The last thing I remember from my Big Brother night was Luke Wegner. Um fucking flying down a flight of stairs. So that was about like 45 minutes in. After that, nothing. So so for the listeners, what, what is Big Brother Night? Well, you have a Big Brother ceremony. You get your Big Brother in fraternity who's supposed to be a, a kind of like a mentor for you and just kind of help you through the process and instill wisdom in you. But occasionally, there's some pledges you'll get Big Brothers who are just kind of want to like get you as drunk as possible. Sean, my big brother, didn't do this to me. It just kind of just happened. But there are some big brothers who just don't really give a shit. Which And the uh, big brother, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, he's supposed to stay with you like throughout your whole college career, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like He's supposed to make sure that you're showing up to classes on time, uh, turning in your assignments, things of that nature, right? I guess technically it's supposed to be for the pledge process, but like... With my little brother, Ralph, um, I pretty much graduated college for him okay. um, because he was so incapable of signing up for classes or going to them. He, Yeah, I'll take another crispy boy. Uh, I'll have one too, please. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Um, I, pretty much, I still keep in touch with him and keep him out of trouble. Excellent. And uh, I'm loving where this conversation is heading. And uh, Zach, if you don't mind... Um, can you please tell the Doogie Woogies who is Ralph? Oh man, <laughs> how much time you got? <laughs> um, Ralph is my little brother. There are many, many stories I could go off of, but I suppose I could give the listeners the grandest of them all. Um, <laughs> I won't say why Ralph was back down at ODU. It was over the summer. Ralph was living back in Richmond, but Ralph. Came back down for one weekend because he had to. And um, for the reasons he came down, one would think you would leave immediately after you were done doing what you needed to do. Um, court. He was here for court. <laughs> I won't say for what. He was in Norfolk for court. And um, once he was done with that, uh, my old roommate, Brett, convinced him you should stay for the night. It was country night, which is uh, dollar mugs at Mojo Bones. Which that's is kinda, and country night, that's kind of a staple at ODU, right? Yeah, I'm probably. Sorry, guys. Oh my God. Doogie Woogies, you have no idea who just walked in. Actually, you probably do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Charlie, my pledge brother, pledge class president, and all around great dude. I would love some whiskey. Easy about slamming the, the table here. It, it, the mic picks all that shit up. Don't worry. Sorry. This will be edited out. You can say whatever you want right now. Fuck. Shit. Cock balls. But uh, yeah, Zach, please continue with your story about Ralph. Well, I guess picking up where I left off, it was... Oh, and to answer your question, if, if fucking Country Night is a staple of ODU, I would go ahead and say, uh, no, it's a fucking shithole bar with shit beer. And um, for some people, like Luke Wagner, yeah, it is a staple. If you like doing that fucking stupid dance to Copperhead Road. Weekly load, you can smell a whiskey burning down Copperhead Road. Hot 
I learned a thing or two about Charlie from drinking old fashions. Yeah, that's the bar for you, but... <laughs> Not for me. So, uh, we stayed there that night, and Ralph was fine. Well, fine, by most terms, of Ralph. Um, but he was, like, blackout drunk, which is whatever. It's par for the course, I'd say. And we got Ralph back to the house, and I was like... He was like, uh, I gotta get my car in the morning, or something like that. No, this... Actually, I take that back. That's the next night. So, I woke up, and my roommate, Luke woke me up and said, dude, you got to come to the kitchen and see this. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so uh, I was like, what? You just look. You just kept saying, look. I was like, I don't see anything. He's like, look down. And I look at one of our kitchen chairs and lo and behold, there's a fucking pile of human shit oh my God. <laughs> on uh, one of the kitchen chairs we had. And you could tell that someone had sat in it. And that night I I put Ralph on the couch to bed with a blanket and everything and I just was expecting to wake up and see him there I don't know why I would expect that knowing the guy and um, he was not there so I was wondering where is Ralph and so I kind of searched the whole house go upstairs I go into my my big brother's room Sean Ralph is sleeping there arms behind his head and looking very relaxed I'm like Ralph I have a question for you did you shit in that chair downstairs and he says, uh, I might have. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going back to bed. But when I wake up, I just want this fucking dealt with. <laughs> little did I know that Sean had put his clean laundry on that bed. And little did I know that Ralph was ass naked under the covers. Oh, but I'll get to the reason why the laundry on the bed's a big deal. I bring oh, Ralph man. down the stairs. I have a picture on my phone of this. It's Ralph pretty much just looking at his mess. And he's wearing, he's wearing his boxers and the shirt he wore the night before. And on the back of his shirt, there's a big old fucking shit stain. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and so he's laying on Sean Zui's clean, <laughs> clean laundry with a fucking doo-doo butt. <laughs> and so uh, what Ralph did to the, clean the chair was all he did was take it outside and put it underneath the spigot. and just like It's like a heaping pile of shit. This wasn't like one turd. It was like a massive pile. And he put it underneath the spigot and just sprayed it off on the side of the house. <laughs> and there's like flies and everything around it. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, oh, the chair's clean. I was like, dude, I'm never sitting in this chair again. Just fucking put it on the side of the road or something. And for the listeners, don't get it twisted. Like, like Ralph is a smart guy. I mean, he had a better GPA than, uh, than I did and, and a lot of the fraternity did. He just did stupid shit. He's a smart, I, yeah, he's a he's smart individual. He does stupid shit, right? I just and and yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Take this one. The listeners have not heard of you at all. Man. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Charlie on. Uh, yeah, so I I, <laughs> I knew Ralph uh, strictly from the fraternity. Um, he he grew up in a uh, in my, in Richmond with me, but uh, we never crossed paths. We may have crossed paths in uh, high school wrestling, but I don't think it was any, of anything of consequence. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd only heard legends of Ralph because when we first got to ODU, he had been suspended for... for, I forgot about his hiatus. Yeah, he was on a hiatus. And I just hear these legends of Ralph walking around the campus of Old Dominion University butt-ass naked. (laughs) Which which is a good transition to the next part of that story. You would think after shitting on a chair and going to Norfolk for court, you'd probably just want to go home, cut your losses. Ralph decides no. Um... And he, keep in mind, he, he's not coming down here for vacation. He's not bringing a change of clothes. He comes down in one set of clothes and he shits all over him. So um, I give him a change of clothes. And what, pretty much what he's wearing the next day after he decides to stay, of course, is um, a bright red Budweiser polo, a pair of bright neon yellow like Quicksilver board shorts, his own dress shoes with no socks, um, and what we do is, is this was during the World Cup, and um, we went to the Edge, which is another shitty bar. Okay, okay, hang on. I'm gonna stop you right there. Now, the Edge is definitely a staple of ODU. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Zach, Charlie? Yeah, just imagine like a fucking dark hallway with loud noises and the sticky floor. And, I mean, and AIDS, AIDS, floor, AIDS, AIDS everywhere. Well, I mean, but the the fact of the matter is, is that it was a, it was a 
place that was never designed to have a bar in it to begin with, but they did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and they had the smokers room in the back, which the smokers room was the best room to hang out yeah. with. I think in Virginia, the state code says, like, to have, to separate, have a smoking room, you have to have it separated separate, by a door. Well, you have to have separate HVAC systems. Okay. So, okay. And then you have to have, you obviously have to have a partition so that the smoking yeah. air doesn't get in the non Their partition was... Dirty fucking plastic flaps you see in like a grocery store. Yeah, or like, oh or like in the in the, on a construction site to separate yeah. dust. Yeah, you had to walk through these aids, uh, you know, like uh, straps to get through this uh, yeah. thing. But One of the staples was every Tuesday night the bathroom floor just progressively get filled, like the floor would just get progressively filled with more and more piss. So like when you're walking, well, it's like walking in a puddle. Well, the the the, 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 the funny thing about the edge in a lot of instances was when you were. When you were when you were really drunk at the edge, you just did things. You just you were not a human being at the edge. You weren't. You were. I remember on, when you were about to graduate, you had a glass full of something, and you just just simply tossed it up against the wall at the edge. Yeah, that was for my twenty second birthday. I yeah, I actually yeah. had just graduated and was like, well, I'm probably never coming back to this bar. Yeah. Little did you know, we'd end up yeah. going back there all the time. Um. So. Now you have an idea of the edge, listeners. Um, Ralph was here with us during the middle of the day, during the summer. We had a couple of us were just casually drinking, and um, we all left, I would say, probably around like four after the USA had lost to someone. And Ralph... USA Soccer. Yeah, yeah USA Soccer during the World Cup. And um, at this point, I think Ralph was under 21, and I hate to be incriminating he, someone he, he over did. a podcast... Yeah, hey, I mean, it's water under the bridge. I don't yeah. know. He's all good now. Um, but for the record, the edge is no- notoriously known for the. That's like the underage. Well, that's yeah, how you, yeah, yeah, if you wanted to drink and you were in Norfolk and you, didn't, you weren't 21, but you had someone's ID. It didn't yeah. have to be. It obviously wasn't you, but it didn't have to look anyone like you. I mean, I used. Rather, I know people that use. <laughs> I know people that use plenty of uh, IDs that the person didn't look anything like uh, me or the person that I know. <laughs> yeah, he used well, not me. Um, <laughs> someone used to use some ID where he was like six foot three with red hair and brown eyes, and his name was Kevin Harmon or some shit. Yeah, and Zach is not six foot three. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't matter because he wasn't Other using Zach. that. He wasn't using that ID. Yeah. Um, so this makes it even more preposterous that Ralph. Ralph had decided to stay at this bar because we had all told him we were going to be there later in the night. And he didn't want to leave the bar because he didn't want to use a fake ID to get back in. He was afraid he wouldn't be able to get in. So Ralph stayed at the edge by himself for like seven hours. Eating hot dogs yeah, just, and drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, eating hot dogs and drinking beer by himself. And I would occasionally get a text every once in a while, like every hour or so, saying, like, oh, come to the edge, pussy. And I, just, I decided I wasn't going out after dealing with the whole shit situation the night before. So... Yeah, hours on end he was there. For like seven hours he was by himself. And then, um, so I'm sleeping, and it's about two or three in the morning. I hear all this commotion in my living room, and I go out, and there's Ralph standing there completely naked in my living room with one of our brothers who just happened to be walking his dog for whatever reason at three in the morning. Said, yeah, I found him standing underneath the streetlight next to the library just completely naked. <laughs> um, so the next morning cops show up at the door and knock on it they have Ralph's clothes soaking wet uh, Ralph goes to the police station turns out the thing at ODU is there's a seal in the middle of campus that you're not supposed to walk across if you want to graduate in four years Ralph um, took a shit on it oh my God. <laughs> and so it, in doing so he took all of his clothes off and threw them on to like the, the, I quad. Guess the quad the quad whatever you want to call it and um, the sprinklers came on and <laughs> <laughs> they said something about how they, did he like get sick or like really drunk because it was like looks like there's throw up. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> hear that part. It turned out it was like actually like his shit on the clothes. And the cops were holding <laughs> poor his Nor- poor the Norfolk shirt. police officer yeah. that had to pick up they had to pick up Ralph. Oh, yeah. Not only were they not clean when he put them on that morning, probably. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he came back to the house, I didn't have. God, any, I was like, I'm not giving any more of my clothes because he's gonna get naked or something and lose them. <laughs> so I gave him. I gave him like this tight fucking skin tight blue Nike Under Armour thing I'd never wear in his, his own fucking doo-doo pants. <laughs> Yo, how do the cops know where to find him? Oh, he drove his mom's car down. I don't know. He drove his mom's car down and it had his, his last name on it. 
So his ID, he must, he his mu- ID was in the pants. Oh, okay, because so I was thinking like, his mom must have written his... Yeah, they his, for somebody with the last name. His mom's like Honda Accord or some shit. Isn't that that asshole that left his clothes <laughs> on the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, and, and it, the, the funny part about Ralph is that like everything that you hear about Ralph is true. The extent of the the stories. I mean, you know, I heard that story and I was like, "There's no way any second of this story is true." And then when he came down, I was like, "Ralph, I gotta know is this is this story about you shitting on the seal and and getting naked at ODU and walking around a quarter mile to Crown Campus? Is this true?" And he goes, "Well, uh, <laughs> more or less." <laughs> it's like, well, how much more and how much less is what I want to know. <laughs> God, I love it. I love and miss that silly bastard. Um, so just kind of uh, switching to the uh, next topic here, um, and we can go around the table here. Uh, what's one piece of advice I guess everyone would give um, a GDI or non-affiliates or um, those who are considering pledging a fraternity who are currently uh, uh, non-Greek members or uh, any uh, incoming uh, freshmen? Um, what's one piece of advice that you'd uh, give uh, to those types of people. Okay. Um, well, if you're thinking about joining a fraternity, um, I would. I was in a little bit of a, a difficult situation because I transferred to ODU and I didn't know anybody. And where'd, uh, you, where'd you transfer from? So I started my, my first two years of college. I went to VMI, which is a small military school in Lexington, Virginia. Um, and I left there on just great terms. <laughs> just the best possible terms. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't asked to leave or anything. Yeah, I still get alumni things, um, but no, no, I have no animosity against the institute. It's a great place, but uh, yeah. So I went to ODU thinking I was only going to stay there for two semesters, and I ended up meeting just a great group of people that ended up being in the fraternity, and uh, it was a great way of meet, meeting people. And I think that is uh, bar bar one. If you want to meet a lot of people and you want to get friends that you, I mean, we still hang out th- this, these group of guys in Richmond and also um, all along the East Coast. Um, they're People in our fraternity are renaming the fraternity. Is that is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they're and they, I mean I there are guys in my fraternity or in the fraternity that work at my company and they've helped me uh, progress my career. So if you're interested in meeting a lot of people and having a lot of uh, great opportunities, um, although it is kind of expensive, it, it is definitely worthwhile. The biggest advice I could give for you if you want to join a fraternity is pick the right one. Um, definitely feel every one of them out and uh, and don't settle on one. Jump. And, and as somebody that did recruiting, they will lie to you. They will absolutely, as a recruiter in the military, will lie to you. Like, yeah, I'm sure you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, and also keep your head down because if you stand out too much, you're going to get shit on. Yeah, like Chris. Yeah, like Chris did. <laughs> I don't, I, there are too many stories to discuss about how yeah, Chris. I already talked about how much I fucking hated him. Well, it was funny though because I guess I didn't really get, I missed his first part because I was going somewhere, I was somewhere else, but I'm glad y'all started without me. Um, there is a, uh, well, let's finish up this round of advice, and then we'll go back to it. Okay. Um, I would join a fraternity because it's really fun, and um, you get stories like I just told about people shitting themselves and walking through campus naked, and you're not going to probably get that, not joining one, unless you hang out with fucking psychopaths People who like something. shitting themselves. <laughs> yeah, like people who people like shitting themselves or something, but the stories and stuff and the people you meet, like, I just... I love making fun of people. There's like people in the fraternity to make fun of every single day. Yeah. And it makes me happy inside to make fun of people. Yeah. So. You got to punch down. Always punch down. Yeah. It brings myself up to make put others down. And, um, <laughs> I would say that's the biggest takeaway of joining fraternities. You get to look down on everyone. <laughs> you're, you're, you're building the stereotype even more of the, the, the douchey fraternity guy that thinks he's better than everyone No, I'm else. not a douche. Yeah. Yeah. No. I guess. But... No, I, I well put. Uh, I was passing. I thought it was like a. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I can make more whiskeys if y'all want more whiskeys. I, think, uh, I, think I was. I don't know what I was doing. For me, the the, the one piece. I was like of passing it around like it was like a speaking thing. <laughs> yeah, this is the the, the speaking whiskey. <laughs> no, but I I I think the one piece of advice I would give um, is and and this goes for veterans too, man. Um, most of us are so um, depressed when we get discharged from the military. Um, uh, in fact, there's, there's studies too. There's a high suicide rate um, uh, when veterans get out. So um, if you're uh, considering using your GI Bill to uh, attend university, don't 
regardless of how old you are, don't let that deter you from rushing a fraternity. Um, I, I needed that. I needed a cohesive unit. I needed to be a part of a team um, to get out of that uh, depressed state or that funk that I was in. So uh, for any you know military members that are, that are listening to the uh, Chris Duguay show now and, and are considering going back to school and uh, you know, you're, you're a little bit older, you know, regardless, man, I, I don't care if you're 40, dude, go, go get involved, man. Um, these are, this is a great group of people, seriously. And lastly, uh, pass down your knowledge uh, to those who are who are younger than you. It's definitely something that we should circle back to around when um, when we're done with giving this round of advice is like the the sense of community that I felt because like I mean I had my BRs at VMI, my brother rats, whatever you want to call it, and I felt that the same camaraderie was there when I was pledging. Um, but that's something we can get to when those two finish speaking. Got a chance? Uh, so advice? <laughs> I mean, I don't really have advice. It's just like um, just say just go ahead and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, just wise words. Fill your hand. <laughs> just don't be a pussy about it. Also, don't do what I did and just lay around and uh, smoke weed all the time while you actually were in the fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Yeah. So, yeah, but you do have fun. You meet a lot of people, a lot of girls. Like, uh, yeah, it's really a good time. <laughs> and uh, real quick, uh, how about we uh, hear from the uh, fly on the wall over there, uh, the other Charlie, uh, Charlie's roommate. You got any advice, man? Add on to that much more, but I will say, don't listen to all the fake news out there. Yeah. Attorneys are a bunch of bad, bad dudes who just like to... That's a really good point. I don't know. Yeah. Like fraternities. It's, really... it's a, lot of, a lot of lies and a lot of fun. It goes by too quick. Yeah. I don't know if y'all heard the uh, the Joe Rogan where uh, with, with Alex Jones saying like, oh, you join a fraternity, you suck other people's dicks and stuff like that. <laughs> I promise you I never sucked oh, any wow. other... <laughs> Well, that was outside of the fraternity. That was just because Chris was my roommate, you know. Like he was just—he was having a down week, and I was like, "Come here, boy." Yeah. Uh, and Chris, Chris, I haven't used cussing in 24 years, but the gloves are off. All right. I mean, feel your hand. These, these, these fucking communists think you know. These fraternity guys like giving blowjobs to one another. Bullshit, Chris. That's fucking horse shit. All right. Well, that was our internal Alex Jones uh, correspondent. Uh, love it, dude. Love, uh, love me some Joe Rogan, man. I don't think we should be cross-referencing other podcasts in, uh, in, in, in this particular podcast, but um, um, Joe Rogan, if you're out there, uh, you can come and talk to me anytime. Sit on my face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, the one thing that I was going to say a second ago is like um, I know that um, a lot of Chris's friends that are, are tuning into this that are in the military um, – they that um, are considering going back to school and considering joining Greek life. I mean, Chris, you were 25 when I was, you pledged. I was 25 when I pledged. Yeah. yeah so I mean, you're you're. I mean, I, you were 25 when you were pledged. I was I was 21, 20. I was 20 when I was pledging. I came in from a military school, a military environment where I was getting yelled at by Zach, who I'm older than you, and yeah. you were yelling at me, and I was like, dude, I had people at VMI like 16 times your size yelling at me and oh it's been discussed yeah oh really oh, that's a shame but yeah and, and uh and I wouldn't be intimidated by that I mean uh I'm sure we've talked um we we've talked to Chris and I in particular have talked to other veterans like I mean uh for instance Clay Cheever uh he mentioned like if he wasn't at the stats at, at the point of his life where he was when he was friends with us in, in Norfolk, he was like, yeah, I would have joined a fraternity going to ODU. It would have been a lot of fun, but he was married and, you know, yeah. he couldn't he couldn't have feasibly and done he, it. he's well into his 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't like, you know, 20-some years old. Yeah. But, uh, and it, I, there were there were vets that joined ODU. ODU was a very military-friendly community. Yeah, and, so, and it's, it's in the heart of Norfolk, which is the largest... Naval country. installation in the world, yeah. That's right. Um, and... And to be honest, the people that would enjoy the military life or enjoyed the kind of social interactions that you had in the military, you would definitely enjoy the fraternity life because you're you're with the same kind of people um, that in, that enjoy. Well, we all know getting getting drunk all the time, but also, I mean, having like that kind of communal and structure. Too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, you have meeting yeah. meetings and meetings and things like that, and um, it's a definitely a. Definitely something that I would consider if you're a vet if going into school. I mean, you're going to have to deal with it, some 18-year-old asshole that wants to tell you what to do. But um, at the end of the day, you're you're still doing fine. Um, but 
I, I noticed your Insta- your Instagram post was oh, with us. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, really funny. Yeah, like, come see what it was like to be a military or a uh, frat boy at ODU, and you know, and um, I, I I can provide some insight on that, but I think where we uh, where we could really delve into things is the the stuff that we did yeah, at ODU, yes. not necessarily involved in the fraternity, because I think everything we did was really circled around the fraternity, but. So hey, uh, Charlie. Um, on this, uh, on this, on the Chris Duguay show, we talk a lot about uh, DMV night. D- excuse me, DMV nightlife, and a lot about the uh, kind of the night, the bar culture. And uh, was uh, hoping you'd talk to uh, the Doogie Woogies a little bit about um, Ghent and the Colley Avenue Strip. Uh, if you don't, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to mention. This. So and, and Zach, I mean, every, anyone can jump in here too. So we. Uh, Chris and I lived in this apartment in Ghent, which it was, it was nice. Uh, it was nicer than the likes of us. I mean, we didn't deserve to live to that place that nice. And, and we lived, if you're familiar with the Richmond area, it was, it was very similar to the fan. There was a lot of young people and a lot of great bars. We went to this one bar in particular called the public house, which it was our watering hole. I mean, we would go there. I would go there after work, like three times a week. And there were great people there. And, um, I don't know. I had a, uh, I had a, I had a great time living in Ghent because it was very similar to Richmond and I was born and raised in Richmond. I really enjoy Richmond. Um, I will say that Ghent is like the hipster place. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Ghent was a lot like the Richmond hipster group, which I seem to get along with really well uh, for some reason. I don't know why they like me. Um, What would you weigh some of the positives and negatives between public house and the edge Norfolk? What are the positives of the edge? Yeah, I guess they both have they both have a designated smoking room. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, sm- when, I, when I was in Norfolk, I was a hard. I smoked every day, and I was I was bad, smoked a lot. Um, smoked cigarettes. Calm down, mom and dad. Yeah, I I smoked cigarettes, and uh, I I I like going to public house because I could smoke in there. And even when I stopped smoking, um, I would still go hang out in the smoking room because the, the, the community of the people there was so nice. I mean, I'm, I don't know if he's been brought up on the pod before, but um, Dave Aaron. Uh, no. Uh, no, no, he hasn't. But uh, I, I love that SOB. Um, he, uh, he didn't join Greek life, but he, uh, he did uh, go to ODU. Yeah, he, um, he, he, he did some classes at, at ODU and uh, he was a great fellow. He's a great friend. Um, and he was one of the guys that I would go to public house with all the time. And, and he had just such a, he had a, he knew everyone there and it was great. Cause he would, he would see, he'd be like, Oh, have you met my friends? <laughs> he met my friends. <laughs> but I, I, I'd hate to like bore your audience with the eccentricities of what it was like to, to live in Ghent. I mean, if you like the Norfolk area and you want to live in a really safe community, I mean, Ghent's definitely your place to be. But um, what I what I what I think is the the really exciting part about the the podcast was kind of like reminiscing about the time. It, it makes me sound old, but remem- reminiscing about the times that we spent in college and having having such an incredible time at ODU. I mean, I. I, th- I thought about this the other day. I was like, damn, I wish I did grad school there to just spend a little bit more time before I got into the real world. I mean, I've been working for a few years now in Richmond and, and like working that nine to five. I mean, savor that time. I, Chris told me right before he graduated, he was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta remember this time. You gotta save it because you're never going to be able to do something like this again. And I'm sure each person that's sitting in this table or sitting in this room right now could, could hit on the fact that, your college experience is something that you should really, really cherish because you're never going to be able to wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon, drink all day, maybe go to class. I mean, if you really want it's to. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, you and easily get by. Yeah. I think I went to like 20% of my classes. Well, I went to a lot more of that. I did engineering and engineering is kind of hard, but uh, yeah, I'm a fucking nerd. But there's a, uh, like, you can't go. I went home for beers. At school, I don't go home and drink beers at work, you know. <laughs> um, and like, and like showing up hungover to to class and stuff like that. I, I know it makes me sound like an alcoholic, which I'm neither going to confirm nor deny. But the same being said, I mean, going to a party where you can meet literally a hundred different people, you're forced to meet these people. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and if so, what were you saying? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off here, brother. Um, 
Uh, do you think uh, joining a fraternity kind of helped shape your social and emotional intelligence and how you communicate with other people? Or I felt that I was kind of socially inept in a lot of regards. Um, I went to an all boys school, like a primary school, um, middle and upper school. Yeah. And then I went to VMI for two years, which was 99% men. So I was used to Something just sucking dicks, I guess. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, but I was used to. I mean, I, I, my first really interaction at ODU, I was at the edge, and this girl came up to me and was like, "Hey, you're pretty cute. Do you want to go back to my house?" And I was like, "This happens in real life. Like, I didn't. Like, I, I had no idea that happened. I didn't. I set the straight record straight. I didn't do it because, um, well, for a number of reasons. But it doesn't. We're not going to delve into that right now." No, it wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but but I felt that I was kind of ill prepared for um, for like the college experience from, and not to knock on anybody that went to all boys schools because like I felt Citadel like, or- well, Citadel's not all all boys. I mean, not, the only the only all boys schools in the nations are like Hampton, Sydney, and okay. a couple other ones. Yeah. But um, but what I'm saying is that like you know you, you don't you, you're my I grew up in the West End of Richmond. I grew up like in, in this like bubble community, and it really helped me spread my wings and really figure out who I was by getting pushed out of my comfort zone. That's awesome, man. Yeah. What are you on Bumble? <laughs> yeah, we, everybody knows we do. Yeah. Someone's bit the line. I got him reeling one in. What's the, what's the opener? Howdy, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, they on this app they have to send the opener. She just said hey there, and so I said howdy, howdy ma'am. What was the one you used one time? It was like, uh, don't worry. I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, now there's anything wrong with being gay. Yeah, that, that's usually a go-to of mine, which again, going back to, says I probably have like a fucking 5% success rate on these apps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, that, that if you want to hit on that, the, the, the use of these online apps to find women, I mean, I've never... Are you a Plenty of Fish guy? Or what do you mean? Plenty of... Oh my God. Am I dating myself? You might be, dude. Oh, okay. yeah, come on. Are, oh, plenty of fishes? I understand the reference, like there are plenty of fish in the sea. Guys, but... no, it's, it's an app. It's an app. It's an app. There's an app? What's I, it called? Like the, plenty of fish is like the OG dating app. No, I always thought Tinder was one of the, yeah, one of the first boys. It sounds like an app where you like go out into a lake and like fishermen like send like links like hook up with fishermen fuck yeah fuck old man in sweaters it's like farmers only but you meet fucking fat white guys out on john boats in the middle of the lake and have sex with them yeah you meet mctaggart out in his boat um no i i to be honest i barely spent any time with those apps because i've always been in relationships because uh there's something wrong with me and no, I, 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 I find a sense of satisfaction in being committed to one person, and uh, and that's that's how I'll leave it at. I feel like I've been talking a lot, y'all. No, 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 Charlie. I mean, you you bring up valid points, brother. I mean, I think everyone you know wants to find love at at some point uh, in their lives, and uh, your your priorities definitely change as you grow and and into a into a man, um, you know. And uh, no, man, I, I think that. That you're committed in in into one relationship is is fantastic, man. That's uh, that's uh, that, that's great, man. That really is. But uh, I will say, and uh, since we're on the topic of like uh, changing priorities as we <laughs> get older, um, so much of y'all at this table would talk shit about me drinking wine. And now oh my god! Uh, we're going to a wine expo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because, like, I I was played brothers caressing. Where did you live? You live with Jared upstairs. Okay, yeah. so I, so I, I live with. I used to live with. So I didn't. I didn't pledge till my junior year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, me as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, that took five we, years. We were living in Ocean View, which is like the hood of Norfolk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Charlie. I mean. Oh no, you're fine. I mean, I would. Uh, I was, you know, like 21 years old, coming home uh, to Chris in the middle of the afternoon uh, with a blanket around his legs, with a not not that instance, but other instances for sure. Um, and he had a blanket over his legs and like tucked like t- he tucked himself in on the sofa, 
and then uh, he had a double bottle of wine sitting on the on the on the coffee table, and just a pint glass full of red wine. Watching what's that that show, the Southern Comfort Show, Southern Charm, Southern Charm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just watching these like Charleston women, like like is basically the Bachelorette except in Charleston. It's like. <laughs> Oh, I guess there's di- some some girl that's listening to the show right now is going to be like, this I cannot believe is, yeah. this stupid jerk thinks that The Bachelor and Southern Charm are the same thing. But, I fuck with The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was just sitting there and I was like, hey, w- what's up, dude? You're like, oh, oh, you know, just drinking my 7-Eleven double bottle of wine. <laughs> Chris, you would drink a lot of Four Locos. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Oh, all right. Well. The, my favorite Four Loco Chris story. Actually, I have two really good Four Loco Chris stories. The, the first one, which will only take 10 seconds to tell. Uh, Jared told me one time, Chris, you went up to him. You're like, hey, Jared. Um, hey, man. Can I borrow like 70 cents to go get a Four Loco? <laughs> <laughs> and Jared had like this big bucket of change like sitting on the desk. And Jared was like, just grab it, dude. I don't care. Uh, I was used to having like a paycheck consistently from the Navy, right? And uh, when I got out, like, you're, you're broke as shit. The GI Bill only takes you so far. And uh, mommy and daddy were not giving me anything. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And you were dirt fucking poor, dude. Yeah. No? But horny. But horny. <laughs> well, just as horny as you were, I guess, in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, the second instance of a four loco that I, I don't think, Chris, I don't think I've brought it up to you since it happened. Um, this is before that we moved, uh, we moved in. Yeah, it was before we moved in together, and it was right after we finished, we got initiated, and you, me, and uh, this girl that you were seeing at the time, we were all drinking Four Locos in the apartment, and Jared was out to sea or something, and, and we all decided that we were going to drink two Four Locos before going out. Does this story ring a bell to you? Uh, I think I blacked out that night. So yeah, I, I yeah. So this was like the the first of, or this is not, this is the... This is like the sixth or seventh time that Chris and I had decided that we were going to drink two Four Locos before going out, which is just an obscene amount to drink. Those things were disgusting. I don't know why we did that to ourselves. But I drank two of them, and I just thought to myself, I was like, my heart was beating really fast, and I was feeling like pale. I think I had like maybe smoked a cigarette or something, and I, I something was wrong with me. And I threw up all of those Four Locos into that, that, that and, and I come back out. And I see that four locos sitting on the the one that I hadn't quite finished, the second one that I hadn't quite finished, and I was like, "Yep, I'm going for it." <laughs> um, but and then we went to public house and just made a made a mockery of ourselves. Oh, good it's good. Now, Chris, one thing that I I want to bring up on your pod is how well your interview went with it on the last pod of that author that you had on. Did you uh, Did you have him take a listen? I really enjoyed it. Awesome, um, man. Yeah, yeah, I almost bought his book. I haven't I haven't gotten around to doing yeah, it yet. He, he if you have a copy of it, I'd let it borrow. Yeah, absolutely. I, actually, I, if you like what you just heard, please go on Apple Podcasts right now and rate and review. It's how I can grow the show and how I can get awesome guests on the show to talk about all things DMV. I love you so much, Doogie Woogies. Have a wonderful and safe St. Patrick's Day weekend. Remember to drive safe, Uber, 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 or Lyft if you have to. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. And lastly, um, you can catch me uh, doing stand-up comedy at Comedy Club DC in Adams Morgan. Tonight, Saturday, March 16th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Again, that's Comedy Club DC. The show starts at 8 p.m. And finally, a little louder for the people in the back. No, 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 no